Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. This is your host, Austin Griffiths, coming at you again live on a Tuesday morning. We are so glad you tuned in today. And I told you last week we are going to do kind of a bonus episode to the Holiness series today. And I'm not going to waste much time. I'm going to get right into it. So today's going to be a different kind of episode Because we have special guests on pre-recorded messages for our listeners today. Now, some of these voices you're going to recognize from previous episodes. And then some, unless you know them, you're probably not going to recognize their voices. But I've asked some of these preacher men, friends of mine, to help us out today by answering this one question. What does holiness mean to you? Now, I know this is the eighth episode that we've been talking about holiness. So that is two months that we've been talking about holiness. But I tell you, that ain't that ain't even scratching the surface of how much time we could spend on this. But without further ado, I hope you will enjoy this episode. And at the end of all this, I'll make a few comments and take us out of here. So without further ado, here we go. David Bradley from Locust Grove Pentecostal Church in Trafalgar, Indiana. What does holiness mean to me? When I think of holiness, I think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When I think of holiness, I can't help but to think of His Son, Jesus. In Luke 1 and 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I thank God for his holy Son and the holy sacrifice he paid for a lost and dying world. What does holiness appearance mean to me? Living, conducting, and dressing in a manner in and outside a church that is biblically sound, modest, and that would be a reflection of Christ to the pleasure, and to the glory of God. Genesis 1 and 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. If God is holy, and Jesus is holy, we must strive to be more like Him. Hi, my name is Brother Dylan Perry from Prague, Oklahoma. I go to Brother Aaron Brock's church, Lighthouse Holiness Church. And um, I... What holiness means to me is so much more than just an an outward appearance, you know, so much more than a standard. Yes, it has so much to do with that. And yes, I believe that is a huge part of it. But um, as has been said on this podcast before, um, it starts in the heart. I believe it starts in, you know, getting right with the Lord, getting your heart right. And I believe uh, the outward dress and appearance is, you know, that's the easy part. Um, keeping your heart right and heart pure and clean is that's the that's where it's going to take work that's where you're going to have to get down and pray and uh, the little piece that I wanted to share on here was prayer is so important to a holiness 
um, lifestyle. And I wanted to share a story real quick. Um, there's a missionary. He was in a dangerous area, and this missionary, to even meet for their services, they couldn't announce where they was going to meet for their services. He would ask his congregation to pray and ask the Lord where and when they was going to meet next. And sure enough, every time the Lord would lay on their con- the congregation's heart, and they would know where to go and what time to be there. And that's how they even had church. But um, the missionary, you know, he came in and he, he spread the gospel and then he went on. But he left. It was such a dangerous area. They couldn't even have Bibles. But he left them with a couple pages. I think it was out of the book of Acts. I know it was out of the book of the New Testament. Um, or it was out of the New Testament. But um, he left them with a couple pages of the New Testament. And just with those couple pages... And them seeking the Lord, getting out in prayer and really seeking the Lord. He came back a couple years later and he said it looked like he walked into just a, one of our holiness churches. He said the ladies look just like our ladies and the men look just like our men. And um, that's what I believe it really takes. I believe it really takes, you know, trying to be holy as God is holy, like the Bible says. It really takes, you know, trying to just seek God and be as much like him as possible. And if you do that and you really pray and seek the Lord on how you how he wants you to live and how he wants you to dress, I believe he'll show you what you need to do. Hello, my name is Brother C.J. Carter. I am from Martinsburg, West Virginia. I attend Mission Tabernacle Holiness Church. My pastor is Reverend Samuel Snow. So today I would like just to share my thoughts on what holiness means to me. So I am thankful and I, we are blessed people that we have a holiness heritage. I was raised up in this all my life and I appreciate the heritage that my parents raised me up right and taught me the way of holiness. And uh, holiness appearance is right. And we can preach it tight and we can preach it straight. And uh, But more than anything, if we get it right on the inside... We'll want to share it right on the outside. But just a little story that I, a little testimony of mine that I would like to share on this podcast is I have a little nine-year-old daughter. Her name is Caitlin. We was in the local Walmart and we were shopping and as we was checking out at the checkout line, there was a uh, cashier there that was telling my daughter how beautiful her hair was and how how she was just amazed how long it was. And my little nine-year-old girl daughter, without me saying anything to her, looked at that lady and she said, well, you could have beautiful hair too. She said that my hair is my way to show God that I love him and his glory. And uh, my little nine-year-old girl told her, said, my daddy is a preacher, a holiness preacher. And she said, we don't cut, she said, we don't cut our hair. We don't trim our hair. We don't pluck our hair. We don't burn our hair. She said, this is our way of living. And gave me an opportunity to speak to that lady that day and explain to her how we believe. And uh, 
that day it was mentioned about America, how bad a shape it is, and when uh, people don't know what um, bathrooms to use or what gender they are when they wake up every day. But I'm thankful that God's made me a man to be a man, and I'm glad that God's made women to be women. I'm glad for holiness. I'm glad for holiness living. I'm glad for holiness standards. And... Um, in the year of 2023, if I could say anything, it's no time to back down from our holiness living. It's no time to get loose. It's no time to compromise, but it's time that we stand fast for what the Word of God says. Because holiness without, no man shall see the Lord. And one day I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So I'm glad for my heritage. I'm glad that I raise a, a nine-year-old daughter in holiness, and I want to do what the Word of God says. I want to train up a child, and I pray that one day she could teach her children and carry the heritage on. And they say there's a great fall away, but I still believe there's going to be a generation of men and women that love God and love holiness and want to live this way because this way is the only right way to live. So I'm glad for my heritage. And this is just a little bit of what holiness means to me. So I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and share with you other brothers on what holiness really means and the appearance of holiness. And I just want to do what the Word of God tells us to do. For He is holy, and I want to be holy just like God. And I want to shun the appearance of all evil. And I'm glad when we walk in the stores, people turn and look at us. I'm proud of my wife and my daughter. And I'm glad we don't look like the world. I'm glad we're separate people. But most of all, I'm glad we're God's people. And I'm glad for this podcast. And, and I appreciate the brothers and what they're doing for God. And most of all, I appreciate all of you brothers that stand for holiness. And have a backbone of a saw log. It's not scared to preach the word of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Hello, this is Austin Peltier. I am from Payton, Oklahoma. I sit under Pastor Terry Garner, who pastors Burnett Mission Holiness Church. I was asked to come on this podcast to make a brief statement over the important topic of holiness. And I would like to talk about today uh, what holiness means to me. Uh, and I'd like to first go to the Word of God. And I'd like to go to Leviticus 18 and verse 24. The Bible says, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. And I'd like to go to Leviticus 19 and 2. And God says here, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And uh, we can look at this. A passage of scripture we see where the children of Israel are at this point of uh, time at this passage of scripture we see that they have been redeemed uh, from the uh, slavery and the bondage uh, in Egypt we see that God has chosen these people how he has led them through the wilderness and uh, we can see uh, that we can relate to this uh, passage of scripture uh, to the children of Israel we see that God has set us apart, that, that he has chosen us, how he has freed us from our sin, and how he has chosen us. Uh, and we see that uh, we are 
among the world, how we see that the world is full of sin, and uh, we can look at their ideology and, and all of these things, and we can compare them to these nations that were surrounding the children of Israel. And we can say to ourselves uh, that we can look towards the Word of God uh, because He tells the children of Israel, He says, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And I believe that defines holiness to me. I believe that in this world of, uh, of sin, in this world of defilement, we need to come out from among them and be separate. Hey, this is Seth Cower, and I'm in Martinsville, Virginia, and I serve as the assistant pastor of Martinsville Church of Truth. It may appear that modesty is a hobby horse for some, but during particular times of church history, preachers have had to dwell on all sorts of subjects because society was deviating from Scripture. So it's necessary for us to deal with modesty because our culture is constantly setting new norms that are contrary to biblical principles. You're not going to learn modesty from a PE coach or a social media influencer, but the holiness preacher will tell you what the Bible says. The following is an excerpt from an article on modesty that my wife and I work together on. If you'd like to read the entire article, please click the link in the show notes. The English word modest is used only once in the KJV Bible. However, the Greek word for modest, cosmios, is used twice. Interestingly, Paul used cosmios once to instruct ladies how to dress and once to instruct men how to behave. Therefore, modesty is an important virtue that both genders should reverently consider to be a vital part of their practical Christian life. The Bible declares that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and our reasonable service is to present our body as a part of our worship to God. The body cannot and must not be disconnected from our worship to God. As a matter of fact, the body is included in the threefold sanctifying work of God in the believer's life. See 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Contrary to popular opinion, God does care about how we present our body. If the body doesn't matter to God, then why did God care enough to cover its shame in Genesis 3.21? If the body doesn't matter to God, then why did Jesus care enough to suffer stripes upon his back to heal it? If the body doesn't matter to God, then why would God care enough to fellowship with us in it? If the body doesn't matter to God, then why does God care enough to resurrect it? The body and how it is presented does matter to God. The question may be asked, does God really care about what I wear? And the answer can quickly be found in the first few pages of the Bible. When Adam and Eve sinned and were made aware that they were naked, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. The word apron refers to a girdle that is worn around the waist. Essentially, as Dr. Dolis Messer pointed out, Adam and Eve covered only the parts of the body that were different, leaving the rest of the body exposed. When God saw them in aprons, He made them coats of skin instead. The Hebrew word for coats is used to describe a long or half-sleeved shirt-like garb reaching to the ankles. The world is currently looking to the first Adam for their inadequate dress code of sensuality, but the Christian should be looking to the last Adam, Jesus Christ, for a modest dress code that glorifies God. As the designer of clothes, God set forth a precedence for clothing to fully cover the body. Our clothing shouldn't draw attention to our body, but to the greater glory within, the Lord Jesus Christ. We should dress in a way that draws attention to the face and avoid clothing styles which accentuate particular parts of the body. 
As one man said, modesty tries to order our human values. What lust is, is when the sexual value of the person supersedes their personal value. How we present our body is the first and sometimes most powerful impression others receive of us. Consecrate your closet to God and worship God with your wardrobe. Good morning. This is Brother Shane Persley from the Allentown Holiness Church in Sims, Alabama. You asked me what does holiness mean to me. Uh, so in an effort to be as concise as possible, allow me to just use a couple of verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. To me, holiness is about being acceptable to God. Accepted in the sense of my life. I, I acknowledge and and promote, propagate the message of the gospel that it is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ alone that saves a man. But I do believe that holiness is the means whereby God makes us acceptable unto Him. It is the process, the transforming. Paul said, be not conformed, but be transformed. Holiness is the transforming of this creature back into the image and the likeness of God with which we are created. Holiness to me is allowing my life to be acceptable to God by the means of the Scripture. The Word of God has given a plethora of verses to reveal to us what God's expectations are of us as His believers, as His children. It is holiness that, that makes us acceptable to Him. I am not of the opinion that a person can just be saved and live anywhere they want to. I feel like the scriptures are abundantly clear that God has a principle and expectation for our life and a means whereby we as his people can live acceptably unto him. Holiness, beloved, is that means. Hello, everybody. This is Kenson Wilson, and I've been asked to participate in this uh, series on holiness. So I'll try to do that in a very brief form today. Uh, thank you, Brother Austin and Brother Zach, for this wonderful opportunity. I appreciate it very much. I'd like to just say first that I feel like holiness is the character of God. It's the very essence of who He is and what He is. And I believe that holiness starts in our heart as a desire to please God, no matter what that entails I just want to please the Lord. And when we get that desire in our heart, it purifies, it transforms us, it purifies our heart, purifies our mind, purifies our souls, our intentions. Everything about us is transformed into who and what God wants us to be. And the only way we can be what God wants us to be is to pursue His holiness. And uh, there's a lot of people that... Uh, try to demonize holiness today because of our standard, the way we live, the way we dress, those kinds of things. They say stuff like it's not biblical. They say it's uh, an error in doctrine. They say it's false teaching. Uh, but the fact of the matter is those people like to twist the Scripture to fit their opinion. 
Everything we stand for and believe and preach is based out of the Bible, 100%. And so I would just like to say, instead of twisting the Scripture to fit our opinion, why not twist our opinion to line up with God's opinion and what His Scriptures say? Because then we can live a holy life. But until we have that desire and until our heart is turned in the direction of God, we will never be able to live holiness. It only comes from a desire. And uh, there's three things I'd like to leave you with today about holiness. Uh, number one, I believe holiness is required. Uh, number two, I believe that holiness is reasonable. And number three, I believe holiness is rewarding. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 16, Peter said, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And he is referring directly back to what God said to his people in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 and verse 45. And uh, God wants us to be holy. He said, I'm holy. I want you to be holy. Holiness is required. And next, holiness is reasonable. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, I beseech ye, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so right there we see that it is reasonable. It's the least we can do for what he's done for us. He came, he put on flesh, he walked with men, he went to the cross, he died for us, so we need to live for him. Holiness is reasonable. And number three, I believe holiness is rewarding. Psalm chapter 19 says in verse number seven, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. So God's laws, it's not a bunch of crazy rules and regulations, but it's placed there for us to make it to heaven. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 says that to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see God. And so we know that if we live holy, there's a great reward. That great reward is heaven. And I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to heaven. But it all starts with holiness. Hello, my name is Mark White. I'm from Bear Creek Pentecostal Holiness Church in Catlettsburg, Kentucky. My pastor is Brother Mike Moore. When I think of holiness, there's a couple different things that comes to my mind. and Obviously, the first one would be that holiness is God's standard for living. God himself is holy and righteous. Therefore, it is just natural for God to require holiness of his people. Uh, holiness is not a suggestion. Holiness is not a recommendation, but holiness is a commandment. We can read in the Bible where he said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Uh, holiness is a hedge. It, uh, it's, it's not meant to keep us from going out and just having fun. 
as as the world calls fun, but it's it's meant to keep the enemy from getting inside. It's to keep us safe from the world, keep us safe from the devil, this and that. But uh, really, though, probably the greatest thing, the greatest thing that I could say about holiness would be found in First Thessalonians chapter four and verse seven. It's for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Holiness is a calling. You may not have a calling to preach. You may not have a calling to teach Sunday school. Uh, not everybody is going to pasture. Not everybody is going to evangelize. But everybody that is saved has a calling to holiness. And a calling is an honor. A calling is a privilege. Therefore, it is a privilege to live holy, to live holiness. We could not do it in ourselves, but we are made pure and clean and holy by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Holiness is not just a standard, although I appreciate a standard. We need a standard. If you've been saved and, and your heart's been clean, uh, a holiness standard will help keep you clean. But how much you lay down is not what makes you holy. What you lay down is not what makes you holy. But what makes you holy is how much God you have on the inside. Holiness is a matter of the heart. It is. Holiness is a matter of the heart. Hang on a second. But wholeness is a matter of the heart. And I think the, the verse that best proves that is 1 Peter 3 and 3. 1 Peter 3, verses 3 through 4. Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of a pearl. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. And we use that verse so many times for a holiness standard, which we should. I believe that's right, and I believe that's, that's Bible. But I believe it goes deeper, and it's talking about the inward man. If you are holy on the inside, you'll want to be holy on the outside. You won't fight the outward standard but it will be something that you are drawn to and that you won't have a problem to live because your heart's right with God. It said, let it be the hidden man of the heart. It said, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, speaking on the inside, which is in the sight of God, of great price. So to me, wholeness is a matter of the heart. If your heart's right, you won't mind to be holy. If your heart ain't right, it don't matter how much preaching you hear about wholeness, you'll never mark up. You'll never do it. You'll never live it if your heart's not right. But if you will pray through and get your heart right and be holy in the sight of God, you'll want to live holiness. And God will show it to you. And uh, I just want to say that I am so thankful to be a wholeness child of God. Now, I realize that our wholeness churches that we have 
people that was not raised in wholeness. Some has come from different denominations. Some has, uh, you know, got saved in their uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, or even later than that. So there's a lot that possibly that they don't understand about wholeness. But I believe God looks at the direction they're headed. Uh, it may take them a little bit before they really lay the world down and uh, get where they need to be with God. But as long as they're headed that direction, I believe God is fine with that. God is God is concerned with the, the direction that they're headed. And if they're headed towards holiness, God's going to help them and have mercy on them and give them grace to help them uh, until they get to where they can lay the world down and have a yearning and true desire for holiness. Hello, this is Brother BJ Gotro from Bristow, Oklahoma. I attend Brother Douglas Meadows Church and uh, Brother Austin had contacted me about speaking on holiness and uh, why I believe in holiness and I believe it's necessary but first let me start by saying how holiness changed my life uh, so to speak uh, was raised in a uh, holiness home but I uh, I struggled with the things of the world as a young man and uh, when we came into the holiness movement when I was about 19 I guess 20 uh, I seen people that lived holy and loved holiness and I, uh, I realized that's what I wanted and uh, how blessed they were because God, God rewards holiness. God rewards that. If you live holy, uh, I believe he will bless you and, uh, because that's what his Bible says. And uh, so uh, it's the best decision ever made. And I, I ultimately believe it's, it starts with the heart. Uh, because if your heart is holy, then everything about you would be holy. Your appearance would be holy, and uh, I, I do. I think that's the most important thing. But uh, secondly, our, our appearance should be holy. That's what separates us from the world. That's what separates us from the modern church world. Uh, when they see us out and about our communities, they know that we're different. And it's not the fact that I've heard people say, well, y'all think you're better than us. No, it's not the fact that we think we're better. We just choose to live a separated, holy life. We choose to live better, should I say. And so uh, I think it's necessary. And I think people that are uh, turning against holiness and people, especially more now than ever, that have negative things to say about holiness people, it's because they're not holy in their heart. You know, the things they don't like about holiness is because it's things they're really wanting to do. And once, once holiness gets in your heart, and truly in your heart, then holiness would be everything about you. It would be the way you live, the way you dress, your actions, your ways, uh, you know, your attitudes, your, your disp disposition, your, uh, your everyday life. And a world, we live in a world now more than ever that needs to see people that are genuine. Holiness shouldn't be mean. Holiness shouldn't be, people shouldn't view holiness people as mean just because of the way we live or the way they assume we, you know, we think. 
we live and they try to water it down but it's truly what the Bible wants the Bible's true the Bible's never lied and uh, the Bible even says without holiness no man shall see the Lord and I truly believe that and uh, but uh, I believe in holiness always will be uh, my family will always in my home will always be taught holiness and uh, to the best of my ability but holiness definitely is the reason I am where I am today uh, because without that I don't know where I would be if I didn't choose to live holy and, and get my heart holy and surrender my heart to God and try to live a holy life and to live what the Bible says and uh, so anyway but that's why I believe in holiness why I believe holiness is, is should be reveling in our churches holiness should be reveling in our young people uh, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be taught as uh, something you're forced to do, because I don't think that's right. But I think if they get it in their heart, then their heart would force them to live holy. So, thank you. God bless. Hello, everyone. My name is Carlos Frazier from Hamilton, Ohio, and Brother Austin asked me to also mention that I am the host of the Rightly Dividing podcast. But what does holiness mean to me? To me, holiness is the very nature of God because God is holy and his holiness is limitless. He is the very epitome of holiness itself. But as far as practical holiness, what does holiness look like in the life of a child of God? I would describe it like this. Holiness in the life of a child of God is loving him and living like you are in love with the holiest being that ever existed. Imagine for a moment that the most holy being ever to have existed or could ever possibly exist looked at somebody completely wretched and wicked and filthy, but yet loved them and not only loved them, but loved them enough to give of his own self and send his only begotten son to die a gruesome death on the cross and shed his blood to save them and deliver them from sin and to cleanse them and to sanctify them, to wash them and justify them and free them from their wickedness. Now, that shouldn't actually be too hard to imagine because that's exactly what happened. The Lord loved me that much. Jesus loved me so much that he died for me. But the reason he needed to die for me was to free me from the bonds of sin and wickedness and filthiness of the flesh and to reconcile me unto God because God can have no communication with sin. And 1 John 4.19 tells us that we love him because he first loved us. And so, yes, I love him. And Jesus told us that if we love him, we'll keep his commandments. So if I love him, and I know that he died to save me from sexual immorality, then why would I conduct myself in a lascivious manner? Why would I dress myself in a lascivious manner? Why would I wear tight revealing clothing that reveal my body? Why would I tell foolish jokes about promiscuity? Why would I entertain myself with the filthiness of sin? Why would I watch sinners commit wickedness as entertainment? If I love Jesus, and I know that Jesus died to save me from pride and vanity, why would I adorn myself with gold and pearls and costly array? 
If I love Jesus and I know that he died and gave himself to free us from sexual immorality, why would I wink at things like homosexuality? Why would I dress in a way that pertains to the opposite gender? Why would I do things that bring a reproach to his name? If I'm truly in love with Jesus and I know that he gave his life to free me from hatred and bitterness, why would I gossip and slander against his other children? If I am truly and deeply in love with the most holy, pure, righteous, and perfect being that could possibly exist, why would I not conduct myself as though I want to be pleasing to him? I guess another way to say this is to me, living holiness is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Because if we are truly in love with Jesus, we will walk holy, we will talk holy, we will dress holy, we will think holy, and rather than be conformed to this world, we'll be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Well, you're back to me now. And I thought all of that was great. Awesome. Awesome to hear from all these men of God. And a big thank you to every single one of them for taking time to contribute their thoughts today on that thought of what does holiness mean to me. And we've said it on this podcast before that the holiness standard, as we call it, is indeed secondary. Yes, the standard is secondary. Just like we've said, if you don't have Jesus right, if you're not saved and on your way to heaven, standards are meaningless. It doesn't matter how long your sleeves are, how long your hair is, how long your skirt is, how clean you are, if you're not saved. Being saved is first. Jesus is always first. He's always first. But once you are saved, we are called to be separate, saith the Lord, and to be holiness unto the Lord, to be holy, for he is holy. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. That's my heart. I want to be pleasing to God. And the burden of this podcast was to try to just try to present truth to somebody, present grace to somebody. We don't know where you're from. We don't know what state you're from. I don't know. You're listening right now, and I don't know where exactly you're from. I can look on my podcast website and have a general overview of how many people's listening in each state, but not individual cities. So I don't know. But the idea is not to take the place of your pastor or to not try to say, well, this is you know, we're the authority on every subject we bring forth. We know that. But we want to try to bring forth the Bible. The Bible is the final authority, not because Austin said it, because the Bible says it. And we have to remember that when we're talking about holiness and anything we're talking about, when it comes to the Bible, we've got to take it in context. This is the last episode of this holiness series. Today was a bonus episode, and now next week we're going back to normal format. But I must say here as we end this, take the Bible in context. We all know you can make the Bible say anything that you want it to say. And so I knew when we started a series on holiness, we was probably going to get hate mail. We was probably going to have some, some haters or some reactions to it, and that's fine. But as for the two peas on a pod podcast, and I'm the head of the podcast, and Zach's my co-host, basically, as the head of this podcast, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to react. I'm not, I want to try my best to do what this podcast has tried to teach, and that's to be Christ-like. I'm not going to call nobody's name. 
I'm not going to name call and tear you down and try my best to hurt your feelings and laugh in your face. I have debated people that did not believe what I believed. I talk, I've talked to people, I should say, in conversation that they think I'm dead wrong about a certain subject, and I think they're dead wrong about a certain subject. But at the end of the conversation, we wasn't calling people names and trying our best to stab each other in the back. We left as Christians. We don't have to agree on every subject, but at the end of the day, we have got to be Christians. But we have tried our best, me and all these special guests that we've had over the last eight episodes. We've tried our best to present to you the best we can about the Bible teaching of holiness, holiness standards, holiness appearance, and in context. Yes, I I stand by it. In context, I believe in holiness standards. I'm not bitter. I'm not here to hate on nobody. I'm not here to throw a gavel and be mean to nobody. But we just wanted to give a place of information. That's what we're here to do. We're here to be a place of information that you can come. We had an email the other day we're going to read later on thanking us wholeheartedly from this sister's heart, thanking us for doing this holiness series because the church that she belongs to somewhere in the country doesn't teach holiness. She said, we don't go through it. We don't go through the Hebrew and Greek meanings. We don't explain the standards. And so she said, I love my church, but I'm clueless on why I believe. So that's one reason why we started the Why I Believe What We Believe series. I know not everybody believes this way. I know there's going to be people out there that listen to this podcast and be like, y'all are crazy. That ain't what that means. That and They're going to call us all kinds of names. I understand that. Not everybody's going to agree. But at the end of the day, we believe wholeheartedly that the King James Version Bible, the inspired word of God, teaches holiness, teaches a standard, and I brought on these trusted men of God to be with me and to teach what the Bible says. I can't help what everybody believes. I can't help everybody's past experience. But what I can try to do is preach the Bible even in the face of adversity. Noah preached to an entire world that laughed at him and mocked him. And if that's what it comes down to, then we'll do it again. Amen. I said, if that's what it comes down to, we'll do it again. But I tell you what, I want to be pleasing to God. I want to live holiness. And I'll tell you right now, from from experience, from experience, for all my years of evangelizing and being a part of the church even before that, holiness works. I said, holiness works works a standard works god smiles on holiness we can't have the world and have god we've got to have god we've got to be sold out to god holiness works i want the power of god i want the anointing of god i want to feel the holy ghost every day and i am not trading that to compromise i'm not trading that to live another way I'm not leaving the holiness movement. I'm not hating on anybody. Let's just get together. Let's get together. Let's have a move of God. Let's rally holiness. That's the rallying cry. Holiness, 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 holiness. One friend of mine said, if that becomes our rallying cry, we'll have a move of God. We'll have a revival. We'll have a move of God. Turning away from the world. That's true revival. Turning away from the world, repenting, 
your sin, your the sins that the Bible talks about, repenting of sin, turning away, seeking God, putting him first in your life. I want God. Well, I hope you can feel my heart over these waves, these sound waves. I want God in my life. Whatever I've got to do to have God. Whatever I've got to do to have God. All right, I got to get off here. It's already been 43 minutes. I'm by myself in a fellowship hall with a microphone, and I don't even have any notes. And so that's dangerous. I ain't got nobody in here to say we need to get off here. So I better just start this music so I'll know to kick myself off. All right. The holiness series is over. Holiness ain't over, but the series is. All right? Next week, we got a two-part episode coming up. I know. We do two-parters all the time, don't we? Two-part episode coming up with an interview, personal testimony, first-time guest, long-time friend. Peace out. In this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll be living with you through all eternity. I don't want to live life on the edge. I